The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years. Makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Sportscaster and Her Son, where sports bridges the gap between the generations. I'm your host, Peggy Kaczynski, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster at NBC Chicago for 17 years. I am the baby boomer. And I'm Jason Kander. I'm a freshman at UP Austin, contributing writer for Gojo Bruna Fansided, and yeah. And you're doing well at school, aren't you, Jason? I'm doing great. Yep, having a great time. Enjoying the nice weather, uh, getting my work done, and yeah. And you're also getting experience in broadcasting, right? I sure am. What are you doing? Um, so I joined uh, the Texas Student Television Sports Channel um, earlier last week. Made my first appearance on College Press Box, and then I'm hosting it tonight. Um, so follow us on Twitter at TSTV Sports. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go on the website to watch the shows live. And a good time, good experience, and yeah. I love it. That's awesome. So in, in this episode, Jason, we are talking about high school sports playing or not playing in COVID-19. The pros are playing, some college conferences like yours, they're playing football. But in Illinois, high school sports has been put on hold for the fall of 2020, most of them anyways. Parents are protesting. Um, as a matter of fact, the Chicago Tribune, uh, former NFL linebacker, and now he's a high school coach at Loyola Academy here in Illinois, um, John Holasek wrote an editorial in the Tribune, the Chicago Tribune, in which he says, put us in Governor Pritzker, bring back football. And I don't know if you read this or not, Jason, but he goes, you know, obviously he is um, he wants football back in the state of Illinois for, for the high school level. He talks about, you know, mental health, how important that is for kids, um, how it helps, um, you know, teenage depression, loneliness, anxiety. He feels like it's also a political football, so to speak, um, with um, the governor here in Illinois. And he talks about the benefits of, of the kids playing extracurricular sports. Um, I just want to ask you, when we started doing this during COVID for us in, in March, I could not imagine playing sports. I thought it was way too dangerous. Um, it just, it didn't seem fathomable. And I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm changing my mind because I think for all of us, we're learning how to live with COVID, still have a life, what we can, and be smart. What about you? Um, I completely agree. I think that it was completely unrealistic to expect sports to um, not happen until the end of the uh, pandemic. So, um, no, I knew that if there's a will, there's going to be a way. And early on, everything got canceled because nobody on this earth had ever been in an American pandemic before. So we just needed time to figure everything out. And now all four pro sports um, are playing, uh, high school sports, and just about every state except for Illinois are playing. And college sports most every state except for on the West Coast are playing. So um, it's happening. There were some incidents in Major League Baseball earlier in the season, but um, everything seems to have like hit a stride. And this is the new normal. The no fans or reduced fans is the new normal. 
the protocols is the new normal. And I don't really think anybody's going to complain about it until the end of the pandemic because it certainly beats the hell out of what we had from March through July where it was every night there were no sports on and you kind of had to reach really deep into your bag of tricks to find something to entertain yourself. So um, I, I think that everything's all good. It will be, it'll be more of like a wait and see approach to see if anything ends up happening with the NFL because the large number of players on teams and coaches uh, so much larger than any of the other sports that have been playing. But as of right now, everything's all good and I really can't say much to complain about it. You know, um, to back up what you just said, John Holosek did point out in his editorial that tens of thousands of high school athletes are actively playing sports right now with out incident in 32 states. That's what he said. I did not check those facts. I don't know. But we are not hearing about high school kids being hospitalized with COVID. And I'm sure I'm going to get an email and someone saying, here's a story right here. But at least it's not to the point that we, you know, saw the hospitalizations early on with COVID. Um, at the other end, though, Jason, the pros and some colleges, they're spending millions of dollars to protect their athletes. I, I mean, I don't know that the high schools definitely don't have that kind of money to protect their athletes. Yeah. So, you know, it, it seems like it's risky at the high school level because they don't have the money to back it up and to ensure the kids' right. safety. Right. And if you're not going to have like a normal high school experience, like my buddies that are still at Ignatius say like, it's just, it's weird. It's, it's nothing like what we had at Ignatius for our four years. So if you're not going to have a normal high school experience, it certainly doesn't make sense to have like to still continue high school sports. And there are certain sports you can play. You can play golf, tennis, um, you can run cross country, but high, high contact sports like football are not, exactly the best call in a pandemic for high schools that do not have the funding that colleges or college conferences or nearly the funding that professional teams have in case of a disaster scenario where a player gets hospitalized or a group of players um, come down with the virus and form an outbreak within the team. So it is the risk level is a lot higher in high school sports than any other level, even though there is a very high risk level um, in every single part of sports. So um, I think that, you know, I understand why Illinois is not playing high school sports, but if the letter is true that 32 states, I think I heard, have not had incident yet, then I think it's a shame that Illinois is not playing because you need to take what the other states are doing right because they're not just playing and forgetting about the virus. They, they all have protocols. They all have procedures that they're following. And those procedures and protocols are seemingly working if there's no incident in 32 states. So um, to each their own. But I think that if there is a way to have pro sports work, it's been working. way to have college sports work, it's certainly been working so far. Then there has to be a way for high school sports to work. Well, and an interesting byproduct of the high school high schools in Illinois not being able to play is that you are now seeing uh, athletes have – left the state and transferred out of state to go play in neighboring states where they are allowed to play They're, whether they go live with a, a an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, a sister, a brother, whoever, so that they can play. And even though some of these sports are going to be playing in Illinois in the spring, some of them might come back, but a lot of them have left. And, and that's a shame. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, if you're one of those high school athletes that's on a fringe of receiving a Division One scholarship, senior year is the biggest year. 
that that's going to make or break your future. A lot of these athletes have poured their heart and soul into their sport and are just on the cusp of receiving free college for four years. It makes total sense to move to a state where you can play because if you don't play, you're doing much more harm than going out on the field and putting forth your best effort in an attempt to get a scholarship. So would you let your high school athlete play competitive sports during COVID-19? And what are the athletes missing in states like here in Illinois where there is no football or soccer or other fall sports have been put on hold or put off to the spring? Well, let's bring in Jim McCarthy. He's a parent of J.J. McCarthy. Jim, welcome in. I'm going to tell our audience a little bit about your son, if that's okay. So JJ was going to be a high school senior at Nazareth Academy in the Chicago suburbs. He's considered the number two pro style quarterback in the class of 2021. And that's across the country, folks. I believe here, this is why people in the Chicagoland area are super excited about JJ. I believe he's the highest rate quarterback, highest ranked coming out of high school in this area since Donovan McNabb, who I covered when he was at Mount Carmel. So, uh, Jim, your son committed last year to play college football at Michigan. Am I right so far on everything? That's correct. I don't know too much about the rankings or the history, but that is that's correct, definitely. Okay. So he's he's a and he's a stud football player, has a great career ahead of him because he's already committed to Michigan. Was looking forward to his senior season here in the Chicagoland suburbs and then COVID hit. So when it hit, you as a family made a huge decision and you decided to pull him out of his high school here in Illinois and transfer to a state where they are playing football in the fall. And that's in Florida at IMG Academy. So tell us how you even, how, how do, what was the timeline of the decision-making and when did it first come into your head that we should maybe do something to get you the experience and the reps that we think you need? Well, first and foremost, Peggy, thank you for having me on. And um, I'm very open to talk about this. And in regards to JJ, JJ always in his mind, he needs, to be playing a sport, whether it was hockey or football growing up, he, he has to be playing this game. With that being said, um, there was zero intention at all for my wife or I or JJ for him not to complete um, his senior season at Nazareth uh, until COVID hit, I think it was March. And at the time in March, we didn't even think for a second that this was going to prolong into the fall. Um, but as March and April came along, April started, they're still not back in school. May starts, okay, what's going on here? Now that's taken away all the, the college visits as well as the uh, opportunities to play. Um, throughout the summer, uh, the governor you know, took away those um, things that kids can do. So with that being said, we were kind of like, okay, what's, what's the next step here in Illinois? What's happening? Um, IMG reached out to JJ um, through email and he, or through Twitter, sorry, and um, asked him if he was interested in coming down to, you know, compete for the quarterback job. And he showed it to me. And we had a, a strong family conversation 
because we know how much Nazareth means to us. Tim Racky, the head coach there, um, personally, if, if you're not, he's, he's an amazing man that champions for the kids always. And um, it was really hard because we have such a close relationship with him. But at that time in May, it started getting worse in Illinois. And you started hearing more and more. And the only thing that you could really do in life, and what we talk about with James, you can only control what you can control. Um, he wants to play football. He wanted to, since Illinois wasn't looking good. Now, again, at the time, he was taking the risk of, shoot, they might have football in the fall here at Nat. Mm-hmm. In that they might be able to play. So he knew that he was going to have to, and as a family, we were going to have to take the risk because we knew JJ was a high profile kid, athlete from the standpoint that A, you're going to get some backlash, or it's going to be the smartest decision he ever made. Um, for him, he just wanted to continue to compete. And in IMG, you're playing against the best kids in the country. You're on the spectacle. You're, you're, you know, you're always there. Let alone if you're going to be the quarterback. So he knew his next development stage for going into college was going to be okay. Maybe I do need to. I don't know what's going to happen in the fall, man. Do I want to come back and compete to get back to the state championship again? Absolutely. He had zero intentions of not wanting to do that. But with everything that was happening with COVID. Jay, you could control what you could control. And it also gave me an opportunity that um, to be able to graduate earlier and get to Michigan earlier if he went down to IMG. So he was killing two birds in one stone. He was going to be able to graduate early, and he was going to compete against the best kids in the country, let alone at practice you're playing with the best kids in the country. So why not take that next step is when you get to the Big Ten, that's what you're going up against all the time. So it started a year earlier. Let Coach Racky know one of the hardest conversations that he had um, with Coach Racky, as well as me personally. But Coach Racky is wonderful, and he understands, and he champions for the kids. So that is what started him, started the process, and he chose to go to IMG. And so far, uh, so far, so good. Wow. It's really amazing. Now, if if I'm not mistaken, um, he's not the only player that left his high school team and, and transferred out of state so that he could play. Weren't there a couple of other players at Nazareth? Yes, absolutely. Um, there were um, other players that made a decision because it's so important for these kids. You know, it just breaks your heart, first of all, from not only from a football standpoint, but for all these kids throughout the state of Illinois. They could be the cheerleaders. They could be the fan members. They could be the theater kids. They could be anybody that is involved in any type of fall, winter activities. Call it spring sports, too, because everything is trickled with what is happening in Illinois deciding not to play. So there's there's opportunity for kids to go to college. There's opportunity, you know, and get financial assistance, whether it be through scholarship or something, that these kids, they have to Play, be playing football or or um, girls volleyball or soccer in order to get noticed. So these kids chose to make the decision to um, leave, um, whether there's, you know, how they're doing it, staying with a family member or transferring or, or however it works, 
they're leaving because they need to get that film. They need to get that opportunity to play so coaches can see them play so they have more of an opportunity to help reduce the cost of what their, what their college tuitions are going to be. Was so, there was yeah. was there ever any um, conversation with Coach Harbaugh at Michigan? Was there any? Uh, did was this something that he really thought was important that JJ get more reps? Um, you know, heading into transferring over and, and and coming over to Michigan in the spring. We, out of respect to Coach Harbaugh and Coach McDaniel, the quarterback coach, we reached out to them and said, Coach, um, ING is is wondering, you know, if JJ would come down and, and play quarterback, be the quarterback. And we explained that to them first. And, of course, the first reaction is with Coach Racky, You know, does Coach Racky understand? How does that feel? Because they have such a great relationship. And with, with the coach, Coach Harbaugh did not – he was all about – the development that J.D. was getting at NAS was wonderful. And he didn't have any issues at all with that at all. This was strictly a decision by – our family and Coach Harbaugh supported whatever decision we wanted to make, and whether it be staying in Nas, um, just working out, you know, it came out if, if that was going to happen, or if you were going to play football and getting ready, or if you know you want to go down. He he understands because he's a competitor, and you know JJ's a competitor, and you know he was actually kind of you know kind of made him smile at wow he wants to go compete against best kids in the country you know not so much just in the state so that is uh that was a you know we definitely reached out to them before decision was made because honestly when you do commit to a school you want to make sure every there's open communication all the time so they knew that this opportunity presented jj and you know it's uh and for us as a family, you're giving up your kid. Yeah. Because now we have to go see him and, you know, going down there and you got to trust the coaching staff down there. You got to trust it's college before college when you go to that school. It's really simple. Um, I always like to call it like, uh, if you remember the <laughs> Willy Wonka, I mean, this is like Wonka land for athletes. Yeah. This is, it's, it's unbelievable down there what they, what they have um, available to them and the training that they have. So um, it's college before college. So, well, what, what about the safety okay. measures do they have in place? Because one of the things that my son and I um, were talking mm-hmm. about is uh, the pro leagues, you know, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, the NFL, they have spent millions of dollars uh, to procure mm-hmm. the safety as best they can of the athletes, you know, during COVID-19. Colleges are kind of, it's a mixed bag. Some conferences have the money and they can do that and they are playing other schools and conferences don't have the money and they, they can't put in that kind of safety system. So at the high school level, you get to that point where, well, no one really has that kind of money to to ensure the safety of these kids. So what are they doing at the academy that JJ now goes to that makes you and your wife feel confident that he's going to be safe? Well, safety measures, I think, in high school, I think, first of all, if we can talk about Illinois, Mm-hmm. I think all of the coaches, all of the coaches, whether it be volleyball, soccer, football, name it, anything, they will do anything that is required, which they have done. They followed all of the requirements that were needed 
the process to be able to play in the fall. And it's unfortunate that the governor is not letting that happen, um, especially when you see all these states playing. So I really feel for that because they're doing everything they possibly can. Social distancing, wearing masks, washing hands, doing everything that they have, keeping kids in pots. Now, down at IMG, um, they've taken it to a it's a whole nother level. Kids can't leave campus. Um, positions are in pods. So they take the kids out and they put them in pods. They're, they're, they're all on two phases to be scattered throughout the dorms, you know, the different sets of dorms. Now yeah. they're all on two floors, the football players. Um, they have to eat during a certain time. Um, masks all the time. You know, class, walking around. They have to wear masks. If you watch a game, they're on the sidelines. They've got masks on. Um, they, they put the chairs that are six feet apart. It's weird seeing a football bench now that is no longer a bench. It almost looks like it's a small theater wow. because they have the chairs that are scattered all the way apart. They take it so seriously down there. And it's really easy. I mean, especially if you think of the positivity rate in Florida compared to Illinois. Yeah. Um, it's, it's light years different. But as a family, you have to make the decision. You make, you make, take the risk. Uh, if your child is, is going to go down into a situation like that, and quite frankly, his will and want to play the game as well as what we believe as a family that it is safe for him based on what is going on um, and the precau- every precaution that they're taking. You go down there and you live your dream. And these kids in these other states, and we could talk about Illinois, they are not getting the opportunity to do that, to keep going and living their dreams. They're getting it taken away. And it's just an absolute shame. And I feel for these families that do not have their opportunity for these kids to continue on um, playing sports or let alone be in school. Do you um, think it that can be done, Jim? Do you? Th- yeah, that's what I was just going to ask. Do you, Do you think that the Illinois high schools could actually do it? Do you Do you have the faith, or would it be left up to, you know, the 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 wealthier schools, the schools that um you know ha- have I don't know whether they're in the suburbs or not, as opposed to Chicago public schools who you know may not have the money to be able to put into their programs. I mean. If it's, should it be okay for some and not for all? Or, you know, how, how would Illinois do it? You know, Peggy, it's funny you say that because if you ask these coaches as well as these schools, how could they do it? They have been doing it. They've proved how they can do it. They've proved by math. They've proved by social distancing. They've proved by everything they can do that was asked by the governor was done. And it's working. And it's working as a state as a whole, as well as it's working in the schools. But for some reason, now it's not safe. We flatten the, we're flattening the curve. Everything is done if you look at the statistics. So it's, a, it, it's just a shame that these kids don't, they've done everything that was asked of them with coaches. I, I, I bet you there isn't a coach that hasn't done this because they know how important it is for them to play coaches to coach, refs to refs. I mean, players to, to experience that high school experience is getting taken away from them. So that, to me, is it's been done, and it's continuing to be done, but it's just being held up 
And then right. we're not seeing the numbers. I mean, that's for sure. We, I will, I listen, I admit I, the fear factor was very strong from March, April, May. And, and now we're not seeing the numbers that they had predicted uh, would spread the disease, the the, the virus, um, with the teams that are playing, with the schools that are playing, with the states that are playing. Um, it's it's very confusing. But but are we? Is it a game of Russian roulette? Is it a matter of wait until the first uh, tragic incident with a high school athlete, and and then it's going to be the I told you so's? You know, that's the only thing that worries me. Well, again, Peggy, this is where the two two sides, I mean, it, it, it worries. But if you look at the statistics, I mean, from the standpoint of um, from what I have seen, um, the flu kills more people and we still go to, to the games um, and we still go to school. Um, suicide. Um, you go on and on and on at this age level, at this age bracket of what it's done. I just know for a fact there's been over 2,000 football games, high school football games played throughout the country, as well as you've seen college games being played. Notre Dame is playing. You know, how is how is Illinois and Northwestern, they're, they're going to be playing? Absolutely. The Big Ten is playing, you know, and they're in Illinois. I, I mean, you go on, there's high school games. People are living their lives. You live, you can't live life in fear with this virus. You can be smart about it, but mm-hmm. you can't live life in fear. Was and there was there that, ever a fear with you or your wife um, with the virus and and with JJ playing football? When you said you had some uh, tough family discussions, was there ever that fear early on? Not at all. The family discussions were simply we, we were never afraid of this virus, and we we when I say that is um, a couple of my my my, my two daughters. They they had the symptoms of of COVID. They were tested positive. Um, one it lasted a day. The other was asymptomatic. You know. Um, with that being said, it's never. We know this virus is is not doesn't affect them as much in the age bracket that they are. Mm-hmm. So we're confident in making decisions, regular life decisions, and not letting up our lives. What happened in, in the decision, the family decision, that was simply, okay, you're going to have to leave Nazareth. You're going to have to go live on your own. You're going to have to, you know, make these decisions where are you ready to go do this? Right. You a know, year, a year so sooner than, than you had planned. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, the positivity rate, I think, in Florida is probably 18% or something like that. It's 3% now a month. There's yeah. still no worries. I'm not worried at all. And neither are the the people of Florida. And the governor of Florida down there is, we want kids in school. We want kids playing. We don't want to take those opportunities away from these kids. Please practice social distancing, wear masks, do everything. And there's games being played throughout the country everywhere. There's everything that is going on. And there's nothing that is being traced back to, oh, because of this football game or this, (laughs) that caused it. So coaches are doing the right thing. Everything is happening. So I am 100% confident that he is safe in Illinois and he could go play anywhere he wants. And I would not worry at all. Wow. Just out of curiosity, did you tell your, your family doctor about your decision? Was there any consultation with the doctor or any reaction from your doctor? No, 
<laughs> You're like, it doesn't matter at this point. There's so many different opinions that uh, I have heard, even from the medical profession, that it's um, it makes my head swim trying to figure it all out. Oh, it's true. Absolutely. You have ones on this side, ones on that side. And at the end of the day, you as a family, you decide what's best for you guys, what's best for you. And um, you can control what you can control. And, and quick so, update. It looks like JJ is doing good so far on the season. Is he, the team is 2-0. and Is he getting playing time? Yeah, 2-0. He's, uh, yes, he's the starter right now. Nice. Uh, team is great. Um, played two really good teams out of Florida. Uh, this week's game is, is great. Uh, we're actually playing right outside of Nashville. So an ESPN game is on at 8 o'clock on ESPNU. Uh, that's on Friday night. And um, we're playing a team called Ravenwood. But the team's getting better every week. It was hot the first game when I went down there. Holy cow, that's <laughs> I can imagine. But, uh, yeah, the humidity. I, Holy moly. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy for JJ. I'm happy that things are working out for you guys as a family, um, that you made the decision that was best for all of you. And, Jim, I really appreciate you, you coming on the podcast to talk about it because – We'd like to talk about some parenting issues as well that involve our teens. And this was right in the thick of what we talk about. So um, it's interesting. I hope everyone stays safe. I hope the best for JJ. And we will keep an eye on him at IMG Academy this season and then the next four years at Michigan as a Wolverine. Thank you, Jim. You got it. I appreciate it, Peggy. Thanks for everything. Okay, Jason, your predictions. All right, my predictions. So I'm going to say that by the next time we record, the Bears are going to be four and zero. The game against the Giants was just horrendous, and I had such a horrible feeling that they were going to cough that one up, uh, but they didn't. They outlasted. They're two and zero. Two and zero feels amazing. I personally can't remember the last time this team was two and zero. Um, so I think the Bears are going to be four and zero. Their next game, I believe, is against the Falcons. And then we have the Colts. So a an 0-2 team and a 1-1 team that lost to the Jaguars. So I think the Bears are going to be 4-0. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. But early on, it looks really, really good. Um, Next. As for the Major League Baseball playoffs, I think that the Cubs and White Sox are both going to advance through the first round. The first round is kind of weird this year. It's a uh, three-game series in in the higher seeds ballpark, which is kind of scary because if you just don't have it for three games, you're, you're out. You're done. So, but I think that the White Sox and Cubs are going to outlast. Uh, right now, they're both the number two seeds in uh, the National League and American League. So uh, I think that we'll actually see the Cubs and Sox make it to the real playoffs here. Um, mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, okay, finally, so the Big Ten returned to play, announced that they'd be returning to play. I'm going to say that the Pac-12 is going to do the same. And I think that the Mac will also do the same. No word from the Mountain West, but I'm going to make a really bold prediction. Um, by the time the college football playoff selection committee decides their four teams, they will have the full bank of teams to pick from. Every conference will play at least six to eight games this year, despite a couple conferences, Big 12, Pac-12, Mountain West, Mac. Um, a couple months back announcing that they weren't going to play this year. I think that by the time it's all said and done, everyone will have played at least an abbreviated conference play schedule. And yeah. 
Here's my final thoughts. So in the end of July, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker barred interscholastic sports, I should say, in Illinois for contact or intense sports. They said like football, wrestling, competitive cheer, and dance. They said because of the ease that coronavirus could spread. Um, Cross-country, golf, girls tennis, and swimming, they all were allowed to play. Now, the governor here in Illinois listed more than three dozen sports ranked in terms of their risk for transmitting the virus. High risk was boxing, cheer, dance, football, hockey, lacrosse, martial arts, rugby, ultimate frisbee, and wrestling. Medium risk sports listed were basketball, fencing, flag football, paintball, soccer, volleyball, water polo, I'm sure racquetball, that was another one. And then low risk sports on the Illinois governor's list was archery, badminton, baseball, as long as players were six feet apart in the dugouts. Yeah, right. Uh, bass fishing, as long as you limit the number of people in the boat, bowling, climbing, crew, cross country, uh, what else? Cycling, golf, gymnastics, horseback riding, ice skating, singles only, sailing, spirit, but no stunts or lifts, skateboarding, softball, swimming and diving, no relays, of course, tennis, track and field, and weightlifting. Hours later, the Illinois High School Association, that's the governing body for high school athletics here in Illinois, they decided to push football, boys' soccer, volleyball, uh, et cetera, to the spring. Now we are two months later, two months into this, and everyone's watching minimal COVID-positive tests in the NFL, although we're only two weeks in, more so in college sports as they started their practices, and baseball seems to have straightened out their early issues Obviously, the bubble sports, they're like near zero. High school kids are watching on the sidelines in 20 states. Is it right? I don't really know. Is it up to each individual to make their own decision to risk infection or long-term health issues that doctors don't even know the virus could still cause? Well, these are tough questions, and they're tough answers. And as a parent, this is something that I would struggle with with my own kids. My daughter was playing gymnastics. She was competing in gymnastics, at least practicing. And they started out with a minimal number in the gym, and then they added on to it. And it everything looked normal up until she got injured with her concussion. But it does remind me, this whole issue reminds me of the CTE and concussion issue in football. Everyone knows the risk and what could happen in the future. It's up to you if you want to take that risk and play football. Maybe that is how it should be right now with COVID-19. All right, well, it was great to have you be able to join us once again from the campus of the University of Texas at Austin. And you wanted to start the goodbye? All right, yep. Thank you all for listening. Check us out. We are on Amazon Podcast. Apple. We're, that's wait, Google. stop. That's a big deal. We are now on Amazon Podcasts. Woohoo! Amazon Podcasts, Apple, SoundCloud, GoogleRadio.com. Tune in and literally wherever you listen. 
And thank you to Jim McCarthy, the father of Michigan Wolverines recruit J.J. McCarthy, now playing quarterback for IMG Academy. And um, it was great to have him on as a guest. Reminder, if you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash sportscaster and follow the simple instructions. You can also scroll up on Apple Podcasts, give us the five stars, and rate us as well. And you can now check out our new Pinterest page. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and on our website, sportscastinnerson.com. Thank you all for joining us once again. Please stay healthy. Jason, stay healthy, okay? Thank you. The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years. Makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world.